Hey there, fellow entrepreneurs. If you're tired of complicated domain management, I've got the solution for you, Hover.com. Hover makes registering and managing domains a breeze. Their clean interface and hassle-free experience will save you time and frustration. No upsells, no hidden fees, just straightforward domain services. Plus, Hover offers top-notch customer support. Make your life easier. Head over to foxcitiesmm.com hover and simplify your jo- domain journey today. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. Gavin, we're back with another episode. Yes. In Arthur Wilson, I believe. Yes. I do this because Gavin is doesn't print off his notes, well, so he has to come here and print them off in my house Every time I do that. I normally, I've been trying to print them off, but see, the thing is, <laughs> I literally put this together last night. Oh. Yeah. Under the candle burning yeah. late at night, he was putting together. Yeah. I had I had an episode written. I didn't like it. I had a second episode written. I didn't like it. I wrote a third episode. <laughs> and that's what you're <laughs> getting. getting to- that's what you're getting. So the so- other two would have been printed. This one was very last minute. But I actually like it the best. The other two, the other two we'll, we'll get to. We'll, we'll talk about them on here. But I didn't find just the right angle totally on them right. yet. Because, you know, you can't show up every time and just say, dude, shot another dude. <laughs> like, there's got to be a little bit of discussion. So I'm trying to find those points. So with this one, if you if you don't like this episode, we're in a lot of trouble because it took three episodes to get to this episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I like this episode. Already, and we didn't even do <laughs> it yet. yet. Yeah. All right. Well, kick her off. Let's hear it. I'm even gonna. I'm gonna even play a trick on you with this one. Are you? Yep. So, uh, just so people know, right up front, give you a little idea. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the circus. The circus. Nice. Um, this is an Appleton story, so we're gonna talk a little bit about Appleton, and uh, that's probably that's probably about it. It's probably all you need to know up front. Appleton and the circus. I'm excited for the circus, so... All right. We're going to get right into it, too. On the evening of July 16th, 1929, circus employee Arthur Wilson, who is 21 years old, was arrested in Appleton and accused of assaulting a man and trying to violate the man's 15-year-old daughter. Ooh. Yes. Yes. So I should I should clarify also early on, there is no murder. In this episode. But it, oh, that, there isn't. There okay. is not. But despite that, I still think it's a good story. Uh, there were several arresting officers on the scene. Even the chief of police himself, George Prim, uh, showed up because they wanted to find this guy so badly. Uh, chief Prim was a former Chicago cop before coming to Appleton. So, you know, he'd seen some stuff. Um, they eventually found Wilson sitting inside of a boxcar at the train depot. He was brought to the jail to face court before Judge Theodore Berg. Stepping back a moment here. The alleged incident was that John Kirsten, 40 years old, was attacked at the corner of Douglas and Franklin around 9 or 9.30 p.m. He was walking home to his house at 1513 West Franklin with his 15-year-old daughter from the showgrounds on Badger Avenue. Uh, I was going to look up to see where the showgrounds on Badger Avenue were. I didn't 
get to that point. So I can't tell you where. Can't tell you where that was. But um, use your imagination. Yeah. Just think of Badger Avenue. Yeah. I mean, it's not that long of a road, right? Right. So. A man believed to be Wilson jumped Kirsten and broke his jaw in two places before knocking him unconscious. He then went after the girl. She was scratched and bruised around her neck, but was able to scream and break free. The intersection where this happened at Douglas and Franklin at that point in time, had no houses, so no one heard the screams. But luckily, you know, the girl got away. Right. When police arrived, they brought Kirsten to the hospital. Wilson was part of the traveling 101 Ranch and Wild West show. What was that you say? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far back as 1893, Colonel George Washington Miller a Confederate veteran, started a ranch in Oklahoma. He had 110,000 acres. Wow. Yes, that he leased from a local tw- local tribe there. Uh, at the time, it was the largest ranch in the United States. In 1903, he died, and his three sons took over. They were Joe, Zach, and George Miller. Strangely enough, he had another son, Named John Wilkes Booth Miller, but he, but he <laughs> okay. died as a child. So that's uh, I I just want to throw that in there because <laughs> this guy was uh, was in the Confederacy during the Civil War, and then after the war was over, he got married and had kids, and he named one of his kids after the guy who shot Abraham Lincoln. So he probably was still very much a uh, not not for what the outcome of the Civil yeah. War was, <laughs> right? So yeah, if you if you name your kid after a presidential assassin, I don't know what that says, but just throwing that out there. All right, so the three brothers they have this ranch, and they decide that along with just having the ranch, let's have a Wild West show. Okay, um, which you know was not uncommon. There actually were a few competing Wild West shows. Most famous uh, was Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, which people may have heard of, and they would have things like. People doing stunts on horses, people shooting trick shots, like how far away could you hit a tiny pea-sized thing, and then you throw in your regular circus-type stuff as well. At this point, by the time they reach Appleton in 1929, they're kind of on the low end of the business. They they were pretty big for a while. They're coming back down. Um, they had gone through some rough years during World War One. And now it's just around the time where the depression's kind of off and going. So they are not the Thriving. peak. Yeah, not the peak of their uh, their time here. Included on the 1929 tour, so these are the people who were probably actually performing in Appleton on this day, were trick rider Suicide Ted Elder. <laughs> these are awesome names, by the way, yes. so far. Cowboy clown Jack Satchel and his mule Beans, the Jewish midget Pee Wee Lunsford, sword swallower Milo, snake enchantress Blondie, the human art gallery Mickey Madison, knife thrower Pamplin, leading lady Dixie Star and her man Jack Hoxie. Jack Hoxie and Dixie Star were very low-level actors, like B or C-level <laughs> actors um, in silent movie westerns. So 
Um, if you've not heard of them, I'm not surprised. There's no reason you should have. But if you liked silent westerns in the 1920s, these names would have actually meant something to you. So were these people, were they like the, I guess, the highlight of the show, more or less, was the fact that they had these two actors? They or... definitely put them on the marquee, okay. yeah. They're, so... they're like, come meet Jack Hoxie and Dixie Star, and then we'll see the other stuff. stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, they were definitely considered a draw. Detour aside, back to Appleton. Arthur Wilson denied his guilt, no matter how he was questioned. The police photographed and fingerprinted him and put him in a lineup. The girl saw the lineup and picked him out immediately. According to the newspaper, how the newspaper worded it, she picked him out as the moron who attacked her. <laughs> Which, I, I'm not sure what they're saying there. Um, so at this point in time, the word moron was an actual word. Okay. Like now when we say moron, just like, you're an idiot, you're stupid, whatever. At this point in time, it was an actual, like, term that doctors would use, and it generally meant somebody who had, like, the mental capacity of somebody roughly 8 to 12 years old. This was an actual term that they used. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming that's what the newspaper is saying, is that this guy is supposed to be slow. But I don't know. They don't explain that. And, in fact, they're going to contradict themselves on this point. So I'm I'm curious because you obviously went through the, the, the time to look up and figure out, okay, why were they called a moron right and i, and I had Did heard you, that i had okay. heard that so you knew that that was pot that meant something different back in the day right i okay. I, I know that they're used like a lot of the terms that we use for stupid a lot of them were actually different levels of, of slowness which we don't use any of those anymore but okay so he appeared in court for his initial appearance he of course pleaded not guilty at the preliminary hearing, he again maintained his innocence. While there, he acted as his own attorney, and according to news coverage, quote, he displayed an intimate and accurate knowledge of court procedure. He cross-examined the witnesses produced by the prosecution. So they they actually said they did a really good job defending <laughs> himself, which is like, this is why I say, like, this is like immediately contrary to them just saying that, <laughs> that he's, he's an idiot, he's a <laughs> moron. I... Now they're saying that he he knows how to handle himself in a courtroom, which, I mean, not that that necessarily is like anything special, but he's clearly knows <laughs> what he's something. doing. Something. Yeah, he's he's probably he's not, a not child. slow at least, yeah. right? Yeah. So there we go. In fact, he did a pretty good job of defending himself. He was able to get John Kirsten to say that he could not positively identify Arthur Wilson as the man who attacked him only that he matched the general appearance of him. However, the girl stood very firm and said it was definitely Wilson. So he didn't get let go on the preliminary hearing. He did get bound over for trial. Not able to pay his $3,000 bond, he spent his time in jail. While in jail, the court decided we can't have this guy representing himself, and he's clearly too poor to hire an attorney, so we'll get him an attorney. One of those nice things that they, they do for you. So they hired on Abraham Sigmon of the firm Sigmon and Sigmon. Um, the other Sigmon is his brother, Sam. He was appointed to represent Wilson. 
Sigmund immediately filed a thing saying that Wilson should not have been allowed to conduct his own preliminary hearing, so he actually got a second preliminary the hearing. hearing. <laughs> um, despite that, it, it didn't do him any good, and he was held over for trial anyway. Um, nice thought, but it didn't didn't really make much difference. So the real lawyer co- really couldn't do any better job than he could do by himself. Pretty so. much, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. They had a month to prepare for the case. During that month, Abraham Sigmund went to North Carolina to get depositions from four circus employees. By this point in time, the circus had made its way to North Carolina. So it's not just like a random thing. This is This is where they are on the tour. He goes and he talks to four different people, including the guy who owns the circus, trying to get an idea of the background on Arthur Wilson, you know, maybe where he was during the day, and see if there's anything that might, you know, put him in a positive light. Mm -hmm. So he does that. The trial begins on schedule the morning of October 3rd. Jury duty proved to be a challenge. Many of the potential jurors said that they had already formed an opinion of the case. Despite that, they were able to put a jury together, and everybody on the jury was an Appleton resident, which I thought was kind of odd, but maybe that's normal. I don't know. Um, and they listed the jurors and the addresses of the newspaper. I will not read them, but okay. <laughs> but but, uh, but it will be will be online. So if people care who was sitting on the jury, I do have that information. During opening statements. Sigmund laid out his defense. He said Wilson had an alibi and was not at the scene of the crime. In fact, he was two miles away. The prosecution consisted of the man, John Kirsten, and his daughter testifying, and this remained unchanged. John Kirsten was still not 100% in his identification, but the daughter still was. When it came time for the defense, Wilson took the stand on his own behalf, which is usually a big no-no, but... Apparently, the attorney thought this was a good idea. He testified that he had actually quit the circus that afternoon before the attack, and he spent the evening at the train depot waiting for a train to Chicago. That's why they found him sitting in a boxcar, because he was going to hop a boxcar and ride to Chicago that way. Apparently, it used to be cool to just sneak into boxcars. (laughs) The depot was two miles from the attack site. His only transportation was walking. So... It wasn't like he drove there. Like, two miles is a significant distance from the site. On cross-examination, Wilson admitted that he had previously served time in Detroit for an unidentified offense. So he had had done prison time before. It doesn't say why, but he doesn't have a perfect record either. Right. Other evidence for the defense had witnesses saying that a man matching Wilson's description was in a tavern at the time that Wilson said he was there. So again, they weren't 100%, but it was possible that he was in this tavern when he said that he was. He's totally going to get off, isn't he? I don't know. Yeah, you do. (laughs) You wrote the paper. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Defense attorney Sigmund then pulled out his secret weapon, a farmer's almanac. Okay. The, The Kirsten girl claimed that she was able to identify the man who attacked her because there was a full moon. Sigmund showed the jury that the full moon was a week after the attack, and therefore, it definitely could not have been bright enough for the girl to have seen the man like she had claimed. I I guess. I mean, I think that's kind of loose, don't you? 
I don't, I don't have an opinion. I'm just, okay. saying, I'm just no telling opinion. you. Just telling you what they, they did. did. Okay. The jury went out to deliberate. They weren't out very long. They came back with their verdict. What is their verdict? Not guilty. You are correct. It is not guilty. I'm getting better at guessing. Yeah. You just go always go not guilty. Yeah. <laughs> so Arthur Wilson was set free, and he either was guilty and he was found not guilty, or he really was not guilty, <laughs> and the and the real attacker was never caught. The information they gave there, it could could have gone either way. It could. I mean, as you were reading it, did you have like a thought like this guy had to have done it? I guess there's not a, not enough well, there I don't to know. really. I don't know, you know, it's, yeah, I don't have enough details where, uh, like, I would think that when he's put in a lineup and he's identified, that's usually, a like, pretty a good, good start, yeah. like nothing else, but. Um, did you say, how did they originally get onto Arthur Wilson as being the guy? Like, after it happened, how did they figure figure out? Well, so here's here's the part where I pulled the trick on you. Okay. You ready, ready for this trick? Sure. I left out a really crucial piece of information from oh, the story. Oh, well, okay. So what's the really crucial piece of information? Arthur Wilson is black. Okay. So like... So when they said it was a black circus employee, they already had it narrowed down who they were looking for. Oh. Okay, so who said it was a black circus employee? The girl. The girl said it was? Yeah. Okay. And there, I mean, was there more than one black... There, I mean, there were, there were, okay. yeah. So, but they, all, but then he came under suspicion because he had quit that afternoon. Nice. So he, so he, they kind of singled him out pretty quickly. But the reason I purposely didn't mention it is because I think it's really interesting, and maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm way off base here, but I find it really interesting that he was found not guilty. Actually, you're you're extremely right. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought that way. But yeah, Eric, you're you're right. And the other thing that that adds to it, mm-hmm. I think, is that the this his secret weapon, the farmer's almanac. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hate to say it, but if it's kind of dark out, yeah, and you see a black person, it's going to be really hard to do. Like, yeah, really make out any sort of facial yeah. feature of it, right? Because yeah. they're, I was like, yeah, be careful how you word. Yeah, yeah, say, I don't. But... <laughs> that's why I was timid about saying that. But yeah, it's going to be very hard to see, right? I mean, not that it wouldn't be hard to see somebody that was white too, but I think it would be because right. there's a contrast of color there. But right? I, but I just found I found that really interesting. That's why I left it out is because the whole time they're saying, and the paper does not clarify this, but they kept saying that. Oh, I'm not sure if it is him, but he matches the general description. <laughs> and you're like, and I'm not sure <laughs> if that if they meant like what he was wearing, or if that was just being like, oh yeah, this guy. <laughs> well, he's a black circus employee, so he he fits the general description, right? But yeah, but but that's what I find great is that he goes on trial. This girl is positive; she's swearing. Up, up and, and down. down. This guy attacked me. He tried to rape me. He's a black guy. It's an all-white jury. And he still is found not guilty. And I th- I think that's amazing. Because even if he was innocent, I think the girl saying that, would in if, most cases, he would have been screwed. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but I've been on a, uh, I've been a yeah. juror before. And I've sat, and it was a, it was a rape. Yeah. And I can tell you, like, like... When I was in this room, half the people 
their minds were made up before the trial even started. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there was certain people in there that you knew they were going to go one way or the other. It did not matter what right. happened throughout the trial. Yeah. So, and taking it back to the, this person is African-American and what? It's in the 30s? Did you Basically, say? 1929. Yeah. yeah. So 1929. Yeah. You would have thought that going in probably well over half of those people would have already had their mind made up. Right. Especially being from Appleton. Right. You know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like be stereotyping the opposite direction either, but that, that really surprised me because as I'm reading the articles and I'm putting the notes together, like, so I knew, I knew that right up front. You know, I knew that the part that I didn't say, I knew that right up front. And I'm thinking, there's no way this guy's getting out of this. Mm -hmm. And then he did. And I was like, wow. (laughs) So Because even just the way, like, the newspaper would write it, you know, they would, uh, you know, I'm sorry I'm going to use this this language uh, on the podcast, but they'd be like, the colored man, you know? Mm -hmm. And and they'd be, like, writing the headlines and stuff. Yeah. Be Be like, colored man on trial for rape. And, like... Already, like the headline doesn't make you sound so great. great. The way oh, yeah. that the, like they have to say "man on trial," like they're already <laughs> being like, "Yeah, this guy." So that's crazy. Yeah, actually, if so, and maybe, maybe that just shines that that there are really good people out in the world, and maybe in the twenties, because I guess in my yeah. head, I don't. Or know. maybe he did it. I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> and maybe he did do it, yeah. but the fact that he, I, I think, what's more impressive about it is the fact that. It, in an era, the era he was in, yeah, he was able to be found not guilty, right? I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't even like a hung jury or anything. All twelve people had to agree, agree, yeah. and they said no. So, yeah. God, I'd really love to like really, really hear like the testimony and stuff because there must have been some. Because you didn't really give a smoke and dagger. No, 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 no. Like that, to I, get them off. I gave like, you. I gave you everything that I had. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely. But I feel like there had to have been something in there where it was like, yeah, this is a obviously not the guy. I I agree, and and I'm reading it, and I thought this this farmer's almanac defense. I thought that's just like the stupidest thing I ever heard. I I get this. She's like, oh yeah, I could tell because it was a full moon, and dude's like, ha ha ha, you're off. Full moon is a week. Week away. away. Like, okay, yeah, that's a clever move, but this is like 9 or 9.30 at night, which is late, but it's also July. Yeah, so 9 or 9.30 so is not... So it's probably not even that dark. Yeah, it's not pitch black. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's... So, like, to me, I'm like, did you even need the moonlight? I don't know. That is very true. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much of this is, like... I don't know. Again, like I said, I only have what the newspaper gave me. But based on what they gave me, I don't know how to decide what the truth of the matter was. Yeah, that's well. It's a very, very interesting story. Yeah, I think it did stumble upon a pretty good one. With see, us. that's and, I mean, what I thought. And without the murder and mayhem, and we didn't even have to put the dabble in of of history on it or anything. It just panned out to be a pretty good story. Yeah, that's so. what I say. Like there was nobody got killed. But I thought, you know, and even the circus part is a relatively minor part of the story. Like, it doesn't really play into, like, the, the, what happened. But I thought, you know, this was a really good, you know, it's it's always dangerous to talk about race. Because you could say just the wrong thing. And it's like, oh. Yeah, and then but, it comes off as but, really wrong. Yeah, but. because it was really wrong. But I thought this was a great example of of just 
a case where like it doesn't go the way you might think it would go. Yeah. Well, in me, in but see, it, but you you thought not guilty. But I wonder if you would have thought the other way if I. Oh, gave I you that totally. Piece. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to be honest with you. I would have gone guilty all the way if see? you would have told me it was Nate. See, and that's why. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's why I left it out because so, because I'm like, I'm like, let's see if if you think the jury would decide differently. So, and yeah. I think I that would have completely changed my perspective. And I want to clarify that that's not because I'm racist. No, it's no. just my perception of people in the 20s is that they're like. Ten times ra- ten times more racist than yeah. they are now, and still, I think now it's a challenge. Unfortunately, for an African American, right, get, right, you know, no, a I, fair try. I I completely so, agree with that, but but yeah, at, at this point in time, I mean, I'm the 1920s, 1930s. I'm very surprised that it worked out. Um, I got a little bit of follow up if you want. Yeah. Okay. Take her away. Because of the Great Depression. The financial situation of the 101 Ranch and Wild West show became overwhelming. And in 1931, so, you know. Only not too long after that. Not too long after this, both the show and the ranch went out of business and had to be sold off at auction. Um, The remaining brother, after the other two brothers passed on, is Zachary Miller. Uh, He lives actually for many years after, but he moves to Waco, Texas. While there, he has a series of misfortunes. He spends some time in jail when he's unable to pay alimony to an ex-wife. And then at the end of his life, he's trampled by donkeys and then dies not long after. Man, I thought you were going to tell me that he joined a religious cult or something. No. <laughs> no, but he got trampled by donkeys. donkeys which is, is pretty memorable. Yeah. Would this been have been at a time, and you probably don't know this, was this when the circus thing was a huge Oh, totally. Yeah, this would have been like when the circus was a massive thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The circus was huge. And um, there's a big overlap between circuses and like the trains. Um, so it's not just like this guy riding the boxcars. Like that's how the train comes into town. So, yeah, when the railroads are like at their peak and you can get anywhere by rail, that's when the when circus the is really good. Taken off. Yeah. Interesting. Got one last little tiny piece. Okay. Brothers Abraham and Sam Sigmund had started Sigmund and Sigmund in 1925, so a couple of years before the story starts. I'm curious if this is where this is going to go. Okay, I don't keep know, going. I don't know where you think this is going to go, but as of 2022, there's which is Sig- today... There's Sigmund, Sigmund, and Rotier or something like that? You're on the right track. As of 2022, the firm is still going strong. But today it is known as Sigmund Jansen. Oh, Sigmund Jansen. And then okay. a bunch of other little names underneath it. But they, just, they switch out the other names all the time. But, but I think it used to be like Sigmund something in Rotier. Yeah, I think it was like Sigmund Jansen Sutter, Rotier. Yeah. Something. Yeah, they, but they switch those names up. But they keep Sigmund in the name, even though Sigmund has been dead for decades. I was going to ask that question, but I didn't know. I, I was going to leave it till the end to yeah. see if that was... Uh, if you just brought it up, because yep. I figured that was the same law firm. Yeah, so this this defense attorney a uh, 100 years ago, his law firm, even though he's no longer around, his law firm and is still going strong. That is crazy. So, all right, well, actually, you did add a li- kind of a little bit of history into it for us. So, yeah. So, See, right. I thought I I thought this was a solid episode. It was. If somebody wants to email and be like, no, your episode so sucked. sucked. I mean, okay, <laughs> but, but I liked it, and that's all that matters, so. 
So, all right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. All right. Very good. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.